Welcome to the Soul Driven Podcast. I believe that when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. If you are searching for meaning and purpose, if you are unsure about how to combine the spiritual with the everyday, if you are ready to uncover who you truly are, then you've come to the right place. The Soul Driven Podcast is dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for practical guidance, truthful discussions, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, spiritual guide, marketer, and your host. Thank you for being here. Welcome back. Welcome back to another Soul Driven Friday episode. This Friday, I am extra excited because I am bringing back the beautiful Katie Emma, evolutionary astrologer and founder of Temple of Cosmic Astrology School. And we are going to talk about the astrology for November. So one of the big things that was really important to me as I was, of course, channeling through the November Akashic forecast was just really seeing how much support is going to be needed this month and moving forward towards the end of the month. So I was extra appreciative to Katie, who was available to jump on with me last minute and record this for you. Cause I was like, man, I think my listeners, like they just need more. I need more. We all need more. So thank you so much for being here today, Katie. Awesome to have you back again. No, you're welcome. Thank you so much for asking me. Like I was saying to you just before we hit record, like, you know, me always happy to chat Astros. So it's always exciting <laughs> to share space with you and connect with your listeners as well. And yeah, just bring through some of the astrology for the times because it is a time right now. I feel like it was when I was last with you in August, like that was really a time, <laughs> but we're still, you know, we're back to another fixed season, right? We've gone from Leo the last time we connected into Scorpio now. And so yeah, maybe a lot of things that you and I sort of touched base about together in August, um, you know, we're checking back in now. So it's actually perfect timing to probably have me come back. We can sort of pick up where we left off in a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, I know that the way that the Akashic, you know, the Akashics, the Akashic records really showed me November and what came through the forecast there was just a lot of upheaval a lot of uncertainty, a lot of, it really felt like the first part of the month. And I know here in the US, you know, we've got the midterm elections happening next week, which has a lot of people on edge, regardless of where they sit. And of course, this does affect the whole world, because everyone is sort of watching the US, right, to see what's going to happen. Because I think everyone knows this is a big thing, kind of like, we're all paying attention to what happened in Brazil, right? So there's some big things really happening on yeah. the planet right now. And um, and so I think that, you know, I'm definitely curious to hear from an astrological perspective because um, it really felt like the first part, you know, leading up, I know we've got some big astrology right around that day, but I'd love to just kind of hear from you. And I guess we can maybe kind of break it down you know, um, by week or either by like half, like first half, second half, whatever's easiest for you. Um, but I love for you to just kind of cover some transits with us, give us some, some dates, you know, to kind of just be aware of, um, and yeah, remind us that we're all going to be okay. (laughs) Yes, of course. And of course we will be right. But I think in fixed seasons, it can feel 
really dense, right? And for some people, that's just not comfortable. Like if you're very mutable or if you're even more cardinal, like tuning into this sort of fixed seasonal cycles can feel uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to to unpack. I have my little list here, so don't mind me looking down a few times, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget anything. And I think the first thing I just wanted to touch on is something that actually began on the 30th of October. So I know it's not quite November, but it's very relevant anyway, which is Mars retrograde. Um, and I'm sure that many of you have been seeing this go around a little bit already. Astrologers have been talking about this transit coming up for most of the year. Um, and of course, when I was last here, as I shared with you in August, I was also talking about Mars a lot because Mars was in that really rare conjunction with the North Node and Uranus all at, I think it was 18 degrees of Taurus. And interestingly, the lunar eclipse that we have next week is also falling very close to those degrees. So there's a lot of like re-stimulation um, coming back from these sensitive points in the chart. So, you know, really things that were happening for you in August are having a chance to kind of come back around um, but we can work with it differently. But anyway, I'm jumping ahead of myself a bit. I want to stick with Mars retrograde first before I go into the eclipse. But Mars retrograde stationed on the 30th of October. And Mars retrograde is actually one of the most rare retrogrades that we actually have. Um, Mars takes two years to do one complete cycle through the zodiac. And he spends roughly, you know, it spends about maybe six weeks per sign. And then the the retrograde, when it occurs, is about a three to four month period. And with Mars retrograding in Gemini at a very late degree, 25 degrees, it's actually not going to retrograde back into another sign. And because of this, Mars is going to be spending seven months in total in Gemini. This is like a lot of Gemini. <laughs> so your Gemini house is going to be feeling incredibly sensitive. You know, um, this is going to be a part of you that's going to feel a bit touchy and tetchy, right? Like, you know, there's going to have to be some, some boundaries in place in this area in your life. Otherwise, you are going to feel like you were being kind of, you know, um, stretched beyond your means. And the purpose of a Mars retrograde is to bring in more, um, you know, reflection and focus energetically. Because if we think of a Mercury retrograde, which everyone knows a lot about, you know, that's about reflecting and revising, reviewing, but it's through the mental channel, through the mind. But when we come to Mars retrograde every two years or so with this with this retrograde, um, this is about slowing down the body. And that's something that we're also not very good at as a collective, right? It can be really hard in this, you know, society that we live in that is not structured in a way to be supportive of us, to take the rest and the respite and the reflection that we need. And so there's going to be a lot of frustrating energy at this time because we sort of feel in our internal clock this pull back to softness and slowness, but we live in a world that's like, you can't be soft, nor can you be slow. And so it's going to take a lot of um, commitment and consciousness to be mindful of cultivating more time in your life for this spaciousness that you really physically need right now. So 
The thing with this Mars retrograde too is, like I said, it's going to be retrograde for many months. It will take us up to January, but then it's not going to move out of Gemini um, until the 16th of March, I think. So this is a long haul journey that we've just entered into. And it did begin back in September when Mars moved into Gemini back then, but we're really, you know, we're in the midst of it now. So the one thing that I really want everyone to be conscious of, and, and I'm trying not to give you too much like complicated astrology lingo, right? Because that doesn't always sort of land for everybody. And I and I want to sort of find ways to make this accessible for everybody because we're all feeling this and moving through this, whether we understand the astrology or not. And one thing to keep in mind with this Mars retrograde is that Mars for this entire retrograde is called or what we call in astrology out of bounds. And I don't want to get too much into the technicalities of this. We don't really have time for that today. But if you can just think of this cycle as Mars is going to be acting kind of rogue. <laughs> he's going to be, you know, totally like he's, if we think of it in this out of bounds sense, right? Like he's moved beyond the boundaries of where he is usually traveling in alignment with the other planets so he's gone rogue he's just out on his own even though he's retrograde he's kind of you know not sort of encapsulated by the other energies and when it's a planet like mars this can become kind of well even on, you know on a global sort of space and and this isn't like to come from a space of fear but it can kind of be dangerous right like this is a mars that it's like hey you've got to watch out for this like this can be really dangerous, overwhelming, chaotic, because this is a Mars that isn't thinking. It's a Mars that has gone rogue. And Mars, of course, represents, you know, um, our energy body. It's like our vitality. It's our passions. But it's also aggression in a more healthy aspect to become self-assertion. But, you know, everyone's going to be pretty aggro and aggressive for these few months, especially if they're not able to take this time to rest and cultivate as they should be. So it's normal if you are all feeling really on edge right now. And, you know, Anna, is that kind of landing? Like, is there anything you sort of want to ask me now before I keep like just talking for like 10 minutes straight? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that uh, certainly from my like my own experience, what I've been feeling is very much that just and I think for me where it's kind of like landing in my chart um, is in my 11th house. And but I'm seeing it kind of kicking up things in a also in a really positive way, you know, right now. But I'm definitely mm -hmm. feeling that tension. And I've had so many people reaching out to me over the past couple of days, just being like, what is going on? People like yeah. relationships are, I think are really taking a hard hit right now. I don't know one mm -hmm. person who's not really struggling with relationship on some level right now, like oh, irritable with their partner. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and it's just <laughs> like, I keep telling folks, I'm like, don't make decisions in the emotional place. You know, that's what yep. I think we have to really remember with this Mars retrograde energy is like, we will feel these emotions. We will experience these ups and downs and they're, but let's not make decisions from those places, right? Let's wait till exactly. we come back into neutral and from there is yep. a good place to operate because if your relationship really is over or something is over, whatever the case may be, 
it'll be over when things are calm, you know, um, versus in an emotional explosion, (laughs) um, or fit of tension. So, and yeah, you know, one thing that I wrote here, which is exactly about what you're sharing is that like the best way to navigate a Mars retrograde or the purpose of it is to respond before you react. And that's really hard, right? At the best of times, especially <laughs> like if you think have about like a that. fire Mars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like if you have like a fire Mars in your natal chart, like, you know, not talking about myself Ooh. or anything with my Sag Mars. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is a time to to be even more aware of that need and necessity because we're mm. all feeling the push of this and of course how we personalize it is like i said if, if mars is retrograde in gemini in your own house up in your own house in your own chart you want to look for where gemini is right because that's going to show you you know how this is um is showing up um and it can be you know it could be um you know in the second house it could be more sort of financial it could be more about like your own self-esteem and and things like this it could be the seventh house of course of relationships eighth house and intimacy or shared resources it really just depends but with with mars in gemini in a way because you know Gemini is ruled by Mercury. So this Mars retrograde is kind of coming along with more of these what we would sort of think of as like Mercury retrograde themes, right? Like it is going to be very communication focused with these um, needs to respond before we react, right? So another thing you said about like relationships really sort of just being like under the pump at the moment, I think, is because the eclipse that we had last week, um, and I forget the date that it was, I think it must have been the 25th of October or something like that. You know, that was at two degrees of Scorpio. It was a south node solar eclipse. And that was exactly conjunct Venus. And that was like two or three days after the Venus Kazemi at 29 degrees of Libra. So there is a lot of Venus stuff, uh, Venus stuff happening right now. And the next eclipse that we have in a few days is exactly opposite Venus at 16 degrees of Taurus and Scorpio. So this relationship stuff isn't really going anywhere. <laughs> um, but if you can, like Anna said, kind of, you know, look at it from that perspective of like it will be over once it's actually worked through and that we don't have to kind of push or rail against the time that we have or what we what have we been faced with like I think what happens with retrogrades right is that we come unstuck with these cycles when we you know are trying to control and dictate the circumstances that we find ourselves in and that's not to disempower us it's just that we have seasons and cycles here that we move through and a retrograde cycle or season is one where we should be not reacting as much that's the purpose because there is magic to be found in this space there is deeper insights to be found here again in your gemini house is going to show you like what are you here to you know deepen your relationship with you know for me it's like my actual home and family stuff so that's something that i'm really conscious of i've got seven months that like home and family stuff is going to be like a really big theme for me um and so when i get triggered in that space i go I have to pause for a minute before I react here because every part of me wants to react, right? Like I have my Mars in Sagittarius. So this is all opposing my own Mars 
it's kind of chaotic out there, right? So the more that those of you listening can, you know, just remember this, like drum it through your mind over and over, like, you know, um, you know, respond before you react in that sense of like, take time to pause there doesn't there's no rush with mars retrograde if you rush if you push if you hurry if you force you will come unstuck that is when you are going to feel like you are at the mercy of circumstances external to you and so the way that you can empower yourself is to be more conscious even of those energy leaks as well like where are you sort of been drained from again the houses in your chart are going to show you a lot about this um but yeah you know this this isn't going anywhere anytime soon so it's a very it needs to be a slow and intentional process um that's yeah the one more thing sorry and I just want to add this with Mars retrograde before we jump onto something else is to really kind of make it even more chaotic And this is where I think you're probably getting a lot of people writing to you and being like, what the hell is happening? Is that (laughs) Mars is going to be square Neptune for a big portion of this retrograde. So when Mars squares Neptune, you know, everything becomes very, you know, um, hidden and foggy and there's a real lack of energy. Like there's like the, we're, we're at a point of depletion right and so that then becomes a space like if you were feeling exhausted and depleted like that is not a time to be taking action um I even saw like a meme today and I laughed it was something like you know Mars retrograde is like such a time of where like you get super inspired to like jump into all these other unfinished projects that you know you're just adding to the list of unfinished projects rather than actually you know creating something right and so that's like if you can be conscious of like this is a time to actually move through what you already have going rather than again trying to like push force bring in something new that is what is going to serve you best during this process because Neptune is clouding everything it's clouding your judgment it's clouding other people's judgment it's exacerbating these you know mixed messages you know, communication issues, like, you know, we can be saying the same thing that our partner's saying, but we say it differently. So then we end up like not agreeing, but we're actually saying the same thing if we both just listened, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that's happening right now. And it's really, it's really frustrating. It's a lot to manage. (laughs) Neptune makes me crazy. I'm just not a fan of Neptune. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you're in the midst of Neptune love. So, you know, you've got your own Neptune stuff happening there. But yeah, you know, remember this Neptune cycle too, since 2011, and this is a bit of time traveling here, but you know, Neptune is in its home sign of Pisces since that date. And that will take us up to about, I think it's 2025, that Neptune will shift into Aries. And we tend to think of when a planet is in its home sign that it's a really positive thing. And for sure it is, right? If a a planet is, you know, archetypally home, it's going to be comfortable and at ease. But what that can also do is exacerbate the shadow side of it too, right? So, you know, Neptune in Pisces is not a walk in the park. This is one of the biggest sort of things that we've sort of been experiencing since 2011 of like mass levels of like delusion and um, just you know people people just don't know what the hell's going on. People are running around with their heads cut off, you know, like and everyone's, you know, trying to remember like Pisces is also ruled by Jupiter. 
just like Sagittarius. So there is this kind of sort of preachy aspect that can come in with this placement a little bit too, right? Like everyone thinks that they're right, but no one's really willing to listen anymore. And if there was anything for you to kind of take away from this, this next sort of five to six months is like cultivate your skill of listening because there are things that you would, you know, in all honesty, not hearing right now, myself included, you know, I think that it's a really great time to just, you know, especially, you know, those in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, we are coming into a time of more stillness seasonally. So again, cultivate that work with those seasons, you know, you know, step back from engaging so much. There's nothing to really, it's kind of like this energy. I feel like collectively everyone's trying to grasp for things that just aren't even there, you know, it's like grasping for thin air in a way. Um, But yeah, it's a lot. It really is a lot right now, but we will get through it. There is a purpose for this, right? (laughs) It's not just to come through and mess things up, right? It's to help you tune into your own rhythm, more than following the structure and rhythm of of the external and so the more that you can actually tune into your body like what does your body need right now you know I mean I know we were talking a little bit before like you're like god I just you know I need to exercise every day to just feel you know in my zone right and that's great but it's like with Mars retrograde like it needs to be you know moving your body in a way that is is like nourishing not just depleting and exhausting right so like probably going for like a 10k run is just gonna like not make you feel supported in the way that maybe it does when Mars is moving direct because Mars doesn't like to slow down but he needs to so we need slowness and intentionality is that a word it is now (laughs) Um, well I think it yeah I mean I think it's gonna depend on who you are you know I think for some people like a 10k is gonna feel amazing because they'll like for some people you know doing those longer runs is calming and well of course relaxing I understand. <laughs> yes I'm not trying to like let me reframe that because I'm not trying to tell people like what works or doesn't work for them specifically in that sense I mean because Mars is retrograde like energetically like it's not about um like we're supposed to be finding ways to feel into our body that don't require so much exertion and so yeah. I understand that those kind of things can bring that high absolutely but there are other more softer ways that are going to help you find a little bit more calm and balance in the midst that are still going to bring you that feeling of like, I've done something, but in a way that isn't actually depleting and being kind of harsh on your body at this time. And this is sort of what I mean, like people, it's hard, right? Like Mars is retrograde. Mars doesn't want to be retrograde. People that really like to get up and go and do things like and feel inspired and you know, good in their body by like, you know, releasing a lot of energy, like that's great. But we do have these periods where it's like the body kind of doesn't need that as much right now. It needs a little bit more softness. So I'm not saying to to not exercise or do anything like that, but just maybe just shift the way that you, you know, move your body at this time. There can be some more gentle ways rather than kind of pushing and pushing because that's where we get this exhaustion and because of the square to Neptune this is like a classic burnout phase and this is normally only like a you know a one to you know a one day to what maybe three to four days at the most kind of transit usually but because of the retrograde we're getting three hits of this Mars Neptune square 
So what would just kind of be a normal, like, oh, you know, I'm feeling a bit like depleted and burnt out these couple of days. Like maybe I'm just not going to do my usual routine. We are in months of that kind of energy. That's kind of the perspective that I'm trying to bring in here. And so right. it's going to feel very foreign and uncomfortable and strange, but there's a rhyme and a reason to that if you're able to sort of tune into and slow down to receive what your Gemini house is illuminating for you during this process. Got it. Cool. Okay. Let's let's refocus on November so we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So the big thing for November is really, you know, we have another eclipse. We're really in the midst of eclipse season at this time still. We have a lunar eclipse and I forgot to write the date here. So <laughs> it is the, sorry guys, eighth, it's the, the 8th, 8th of November. It'll be the 8th. Yeah. yeah. So this is a big eclipse because it is conjunct Uranus and the North Node. It's opposite Venus, Mercury, and the South Node, and it's in a T-square with Saturn. It is a lot. And that's what I meant earlier about there's something that's kind of happening here in November that is sort of reactivating a lot of what may have been coming up for you in um, August if you had a lot of planets around the midpoints of fixed signs, but also for the collective because Uranus and Saturn have been in this ongoing square for most of 2021 and 2022. So this eclipse is coming into, you know, um, it's kind of like the final part of this show, I think, that's been happening, you know. It's really, you know, it's about release. So this is a deep release. This is even more than, you know, you may not really be recognising still a lot of what is coming up with this. It's going to be between particularly you know, your Scorpio, your Taurus, your Aquarius houses. But this is a very sort of important signpost along the way of what this kind of fixed sign journey, I don't like to use that word, but <laughs> has been for most of this 18 months. Um, this is the eclipse that I've been really kind of watching more as an astrologer because it has much more potential to be quite destabilizing in that more kind of collective global space just because it's triggering so many points that have been triggered so much for this past 18 months um whereas the one that we had a couple of about a week ago you know did feel more personal you know with that conjunction to venus that's what really brought up a lot of this relationship stuff i think but this eclipse next week, like I said, it's also opposite Venus. So, you know, we're still moving through a lot of these themes. And, and as I said, I think that the more that we can really just listen instead of reacting, like that is what is going to serve us best through this process. Um, and, you know, with eclipses, we don't have to do anything you know this isn't a time to ritual this isn't a time to you know again force things to happen it's not a time to try to control or manipulate particularly in a Taurus Scorpio <laughs> eclipse axis right like the more that you try to push and force and move things in a direction you think they should be going the more likely the rug will be pulled out from underneath you because you're not actually recognizing where your energy is best invested. So 
once we get past the 8th, we start to move out of that eclipse window. And once we have the Sagittarius new moon on the 23rd of November, that's what will really kind of close out that cycle. So whenever we have the first new moon after an eclipse season, that becomes that end point of that cycle. Um, and that Sag new moon, like I said, 23rd of November, it's going to be very early degrees. I think it's one or two degrees of Sagittarius. And interestingly, when I was looking at the chart, um, it doesn't seem to be making really many aspects. Now, it is in a trine to Jupiter, but it's an out-of-sign trine. Jupiter is in late degree Pisces. So this is quite a good new moon coming in because it's not really sort of being pulled at, you know, into any kind of uncomfortable, you know, there's no squares or anything like that. So, you know, your Sagittarius house is going to be a space to really, I think, focus on in November. And if you can look to, of course, where that is in your chart, maybe you have any Sag planets, know that that new moon is kind of um, a good kind of sort of place to set your sights on because, you know, Sag is all about, you know, ideals and it's not as traditionally future orient oriented as Aquarius is, but, you know, Sag has the fire to make things happen. And so if you were looking for a point to be able to really refocus and regroup and sort of leave this cycle this intensity behind that we've really been in the midst of that's going to be a really important date for the month so that was the 23rd of November and really the only other transit that I wanted to talk about is Jupiter retrograding into Pisces um, and that happened a few days ago and Jupiter will station direct in Pisces on the 24th so the day after the new moon and this is really important because Jupiter has been moving through Aries for the most part of this year after already being in, in Pisces around March, April, that early few months. But Jupiter will only go back two degrees into Pisces. It's going to station direct right at the end of Pisces, 28 degrees. So we have this kind of little re-emergence into this Pisces space with Jupiter. Jupiter rules Pisces. So again, this Pisces space is very activated by both of its both its traditional and its modern ruler. This is important. And this is really, you know me, I'm not really like the most manifestation <laughs> type of astrologer. I feel like that word has been kind of like co-opted a little bit, but Jupiter <laughs> in Pisces is pretty magical and special. And I do want people to know that like, if there was a kind of transit to be honing in on and, you know, making a wish, setting intentions on, it's this Jupiter retrograde in Pisces. Um, and we will be experiencing that to the 24th of November. And then in the first week of December, it's going to move back into Aries. So November is a, an interesting mix, right? Because we have this intensity of the eclipses. We're just feeling depleted. Now Mars retrograde thrown in. It's like, oh my God, like when am I going to catch a break? But with Jupiter moving into Pisces a few days ago, it's like, there is this sort of subtle undercurrent of, you know, intentionality and, and you know, being able to sort of focus on what we want to create and manifest and, and believing again, like that sort of spark in like things can work for us. There is magic to be found. We just have to at times like this look a little bit deeper because things are quite murky with that um, Mars and Neptune square. It's a really interesting month, to be honest, when I started to look through it. And with that new moon pretty much unaspected, that's a very powerful fire new moon. So it's such a great time to really um, 
you know, start thinking about what you want to intend and bring in for next year. Um, and that's really jumping ahead. I know we're doing November, but it is <laughs> such a great new moon for, I can't help myself, you know, um, it's such a great new moon though for kind of, um, yeah, just kind of being conscious of what it is that you've learned this year. Like, I think we're always so focused on what we want to bring in that we sometimes forget to check in, like, what has this year taught me? And I think that this end of November is a really great time to sit with yourself and and actually think about what has worked this year, where you have grown, um, because there's been certain things that you've probably made great strides in. And it's maybe been hard to, to hold on to that because there's been a lot of equally challenging things that have come in. But with Jupiter in Pisces in 2022, for certain periods of it, there has been a lot of beauty and magic and and support to be found and we are getting this sort of one more chance in November because it won't come back for 12 years so this is a really lovely moment to to take take that up you know and and sit with oneself and and yeah just really like what is it that you want to bring in like Jupiter is bringing that blessing and that bounty to you but you have to be clear with that. And so the 24th is a great date for that because it's moving direct again. You're still moving through this retrograde now. It's kind of like, "Mm, some things are cycling back from March, April. And then from the end of November, you're going to have this sort of little window in that first sort of week of, of December of there's going to be movement, integration, action again, despite the lack of action with Mars retrograde. So yeah, it's a really interesting mix. And Anna, I'd love to know with what's been coming through in the Akashic records, like how does that kind of line up with this interesting mix that I kind of shared about? Has that sort of been showing up for you? Well, I think the, you know, the thing was is that the two big the two big words that stuck out through the November forecast, um they kept saying fireworks and they kept saying decisions. Like this is a big month for Mm -hmm. decisions, you know, really kind of getting clear on what we want, clear on what's working in our life, what's not. Um, But in the midst of these fireworks, and I think that, you know, when I really sat with it for a while in regards to like what the title for November would be, it, it came to me in regards to like, after sitting with the reading multiple times was like, this is initiation this is a new start of some kind. This is a, like, we're going through something pretty big in November. Mm. And there's like a, I don't necessarily know that we'll be through it by December. I don't know that yet at this point, but like, um, it feels very much like there is this process that is pulling us and yet anchoring us. So it does also feel to me like that Mars pulling at us, right? And the Jupiter anchoring us. So it yeah. feels like there is that sort of softness, even in the midst of like the tension. And it really comes down to, you know, um, the the listening, you know, those sorts of things. The the other huge thing that they kept saying was like, slow down, slow down this month, like stop, like yeah. stop trying to do all the things. And they're like, <laughs> they've been saying this for a couple of months, but they're like, this is going to come you know, basically to um, a screeching halt this month. Like you have to slow down. Um, Yeah. And yeah, that's not easy in our world and in our capitalistic societies and those sorts of things. And 
you know, even all the pressures that we feel from social media or whatever the case may be, you know, people around us who are going and doing and achieving. Um, But I love that what you really shared with us, especially here at the end with how to capitalize on that energy. And it's right before my birthday. So, you know, for me, like November, (laughs) (laughs) November always, like as soon as November hits, I start I just start like not even trying thinking about the past year so that I can then start planning for the next year, you know? Um, Yeah. So this will be a perfect date with myself on the 23rd, 24th to really sit down with these. So thank you very much for that. Cause I think that that'll be really helpful for folks. Um, Yeah. And I think you said too, like with that softness, like Mars is definitely that tension but the purpose of Mars being that tension is also to bring that softness if you tune into the needs of what Mars is right now. And so Mars, of course, does naturally resist this slowness, but he has to go through this phase, right? There, there has to be this process of Mars, um, you know, moving through these retrogrades. And so the more that you can tune into the deeper message of that in alignment with your own house. So like I said, many times that's going to be different for all of us, how it shows up, but knowing that ultimately it's a bigger kind of sort of umbrella theme of, of course, communication, learning, you know, um, like this is a great time to get curious, you know, what is it that you want to actually anchor and bring in next year? Because this retrogrades are giving you like much more space to explore that without the external pressure that is usually there when Mars is zipping around the Zodiac, you know, every six weeks he changes signs and he's bringing energy and intention, excitement, pressure to all different parts of our chart. We have a seven month opportunity to go really deep into these, um, you know, core needs of Gemini in alignment with that house theme for you. So even though it feels tense, it is to bring softness and integration but this first week of it is tricky because it's like that adjustment phase right we're we're getting adjusted to what is going to be a period of slowness and so we just have to remind ourselves that it's okay to slow down even if the outside world is screaming at us that we shouldn't be that's when we have to trust that internal clock a little bit more and that's kind of the the lesson that we're all moving through I think in our own way and in our own time but there's definitely a kind of collective time point and pressure with this at this time but yeah I love that what came through with the Akashic is definitely like very Mars oriented for sure (laughs) oh yeah yeah it's it was it was one of those messages that like powered through it didn't come out like slow Mm -hmm. and soft it definitely felt (laughs) uh, attached to Mars energy and I think you know the um kind of one of the last things I want to say here but what you shared with us about, you know, responding before we react and listening. I mean, honestly, this is what our world needs is to listen more instead of Mm -hmm. all the topic talking, all the opinions, all the, I know what's right. And I know what's, you know what I mean? Like, this is such a beautiful opportunity. It feels like really to help us get more realigned with one another so that, we can start moving in a direction that is more beneficial for us in general. And, and what a beautiful lesson to learn and to kind of be forced Mm -hmm. to learn than to listen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. You know, and on the back of 
the nodes moving through these signs a couple of years ago, like through most of the beginning of the pandemic. I think that's what really stirred up a lot of this, like, especially online kind of spaces of just like, you know, um, aggression and just like an inability to listen. And I do think that this is such a beautiful opportunity to reconnect with others from a space of listening. We don't always have to understand or even necessarily agree. Um, but if we can stop reacting so much, you know, because it all it does is deplete and drain you. It it takes away your resources that you could be showing up in, you know, more healthy and um, you know, sort of spaces to to invest your energy, you know, like how much time and energy leaks to do we have sometimes in these online spaces, you know, and not even always in a negative way, you know, just doom scrolling and all that stuff that that we all do it, right? Like, and of course we do because we're all like so unbelievably overwhelmed and stressed. Like the only thing we have energy for sometimes is picking up our phone and scrolling or sometimes if we're in the right mood, <laughs> maybe posting some, you know, some comments, you know, and reacting. But it's like, is that healthy? Is that serving me? You know, because it's probably not. And so look at this as a great opportunity to realign your energy and actually put more purpose and intention into what you want to bring in rather than what's kind of frankly pissing you off externally that you see around you, you know. It's not an easy lesson though. And it's like you said, it's one that's kind of been forced, but that's what happens, right? If we're not kind of tuning into the message beforehand, you know, the universe will kind of play that hand for us. And the hand right now is to listen really deeply listen. I love it. I love it. All right, Miss Katie, thank you so much for being here today and sharing welcome. your wisdom, you your knowledge, me. your perspective. <laughs> yeah, I hope, you know, like I said, I hope that it helps. You know, it's, I just, if this can just for someone to just hear this and go, you know, oh, I can have like, I can, you know, I feel like so many people are holding in this tight, breath like no one's sort of exhaling you know and if someone can listen to this and just exhale a bit and just go okay you know I can let go of that control and that need to kind of push and force then I feel like my job is done so thank you so much for having me here and, and holding this space together it's always a pleasure to sort of connect and see how the Akashic and the astrology is lining up it's always <laughs> bridged so wonderfully so I love it Anna thank you so much Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in and being here with us today. If this was helpful to you, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, share it with someone who could also utilize this information, sign up for the email list for podcast updates and other helpful resources. And don't forget, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Until next week. <laughs>